Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everyone. My name is Jenny, and I'm a sugar addict and a compulsive eater. Before I start, I just want to make it clear that this is my journey, and it does not represent OA as a whole. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about how I got here and what's happened, and then spend time talking about the tools. Um, As a young person, I had a pretty healthy-sized body and healthy eating habits. Um, I came from a family, though, that had a huge sweet tooth, and my parents recognized this, and so we didn't have, like, desserts and things like that on a very regular basis. But when we did have something, like maybe it was a special occasion and my parents might buy a half gallon of ice cream, we would bring it home and it would be divided into fourths so that my sister, my father, and mother and I each had, like, a whole pint and we just eat it all in one sitting. If there was a package of cookies in the house, they'd be gone within a day. When I had Halloween candy, it was all eaten within a couple days. It's just once I got it, I binged on it. Um, But it wasn't really causing me any issues. Um, But I did start abusing sugar when I was 30 years old. And I had two back-to-back hard situations happen. One was that my mother disowned me. I was in a five-year relationship with my girlfriend, my lover, my I'm a lesbian, so my partner at the time. And we had always talked about having kids and I was getting ready to start trying to have children. And my mother was telling me that she wasn't going to support me in this, even though she's like a good liberal. She just felt like if I had kids, they would be ostracized because, you know, they had lesbians as parents. And she also didn't told me that she didn't think I would make a good parent. And so we had a fight. I got kicked out of the family. I was not invited to family functions. Um, It was just like a really hard time. So three months go by. I'm trying to get pregnant. I've tried three times and I'm getting ready to try for the fourth time. And my partner tells me that she wants to take a break. And I'm like, what's this about? And then it turns out a few days later that she's been having an affair and she's been cheating on me. So that relationship ended. You know, my dream of having this baby ended, like all this stuff just kind of like fell apart. Um, and I was having a really hard time. I went to therapy. I talked with my friends, but that just wasn't doing enough. And so I started turning to sugar and it just happened to be like right after the December holidays. So there's all this half off candy available. And I just was like buying bags of it and eating it. And this continued for quite a while. I wasn't really paying attention to what was really happening on my body, but I could tell my clothes were getting tight and I kept buying bigger clothes. And I went from like a size medium to a size extra large. And um, I was just eating sugar all the time. After a couple of years though, my heart had mended and I kind of woke up and looked at myself and I'm like, oh my God, you got so huge. So I went to a um, pay and way and started dieting. I did a really great job. I lost the weight. Um, But it started this whole cycle in my life that continued up until I joined OA, where anytime I had any emotional upsets, I would turn to candy. And, you know, it's in the beginning, it was something like really huge. But over time, it became even the littlest thing would set me off. And even the happy things would set me off. And I was just constantly in this yo-yo dieting thing, 
and, you know, binging on sugar and then going on a diet, gaining all the weight back and then some and going back and forth. And I finally got to age 57. And um, I was a single mom by choice at that time. I finally had my child and uh, he's 16 years old. Um, Life is just really, I'm just feeling crazy. I cannot get out from underneath like the thumb of sugar. And every day I would just wake up and say, okay, today's going to be the day. And then, you know, I'd go get coffee at work and I'd always get a breakfast pastry. And then it would just start like right there. And I just got to the point where I knew I had to do something else. And a therapist probably 20 years earlier had told me about OA. There was a little seed planted in there, but I really felt like I couldn't do this program because I'm an atheist and I don't, you know, believe in any of this higher power stuff. But I was like in such a desperate place, really hit rock bottom for me to be willing to come to a 12-step program. And so I came and, um, you know, it's really it's really helped. I've been in the program for almost seven years. I've maintained a 60-pound weight loss. I'm still technically overweight, but if I stayed the weight I am right now for the rest of my life, I'd be really happy. I can wear regular clothes. I can sit in airplane seats, exercise um, without my body hurting that much. And I'm not chasing after those sugar highs anymore. So I was going to show some pictures. Um, I always liked it when we met in person, when people would show little photo albums and things like that. So just let me get this set up a little bit more. So this is my before picture. Oops. And um, it was about three months before. I joined OA, and this is just taken a couple months ago. I was in Paris. I was doing all this um, bike touring. I went to Copenhagen and rented a bike and went around. It was super fun. It felt really good to be able to exercise. Um, One of the things I'm going to share about is that uh, my sponsee and I have been doing collage art for all of the tools. And so I'm going to share my collage art as I talk about the tools. So um, one of the things about being a an atheist in this program and trying to work a secular program is that, whoops, um, secular people focus on the tools. You know, we don't have a higher power buddy, so we have to figure out something else to do. And um, these, the first three tools I'm going to share on are sort of like peer support tools. And that's what really has helped me the most in this program. So this is a collage I did of sponsorship. And I have my sponsor over here who's like watching me spill my guts. You know, I'm like opening up the the box of all those repressed feelings and um, of shame and things like that. And I'm being washed clean. So anyway, that was... Um, It was a fun, these are like some of the collages. Um, I do have right now two sponsees of my own and I usually have three, but I've decided one of them left recently that I'm gonna start just being a temporary sponsor for like the first three steps for a bunch of people instead of just committing to um, one whole person. Cause we just, there aren't very many secular sponsors out there. So I'm trying to like, you know, help as many people as I can with that get started. Um, here's meetings are also part of peer support. So I really love zoom meetings and, um, 
with the secular meetings we've been having, we have people who, you know, if it's a morning meeting, they're coming from Europe and it's just been like really cool. If it's an evening meeting, we have people from Australia and uh, it's been really nice to see, you know, people around the world at meetings. Um, I really feel like three meetings is my sweet spot. And I've been going to two secular meetings, which are part of this inner group. They're the free meetings on Monday, Wednesday night. And I also belong to a Saturday morning meeting now that's an unregistered OA meeting. And there can be other meetings out there, but they're not allowed to be registered if they use outside literature. So I'm going to a meeting that uses secular literature. Um, another peer support tool is the telephone. And here's, you know, if I have a, a craving attack for ice cream, pick up the telephone and uh, call someone to talk about it. Um, I don't call people as often as I should, but I do have regular phone conversations with OA members, and I'll get off this picture in case that's triggering. Oh, that might be triggering too. Maybe this is less triggering. Um, and I, uh, I'm sorry, I've just lost my place. Um, I usually though, if there are people who have been coming to meetings and they don't, I don't see them for a while, I like to text them and just kind of like touch base. So I really consider texting as part of the telephone tool. Um, and that's been important to me just to like keep track of things. I really also like literature and I've read all of the OA literature. When I work with my sponsees, I work with the OA literature as well as some secular 12 step literature because it's really hard to get a lot of these concepts translated unless you have some help. And most 12 step literature by secular people is written by psychologists. And so they talk about things like the OA literature may talk about spiritual awakening, but a psychologist version will talk about self-awareness. And this is really something, a concept that everybody could, you know, get behind just to, to understand that because we work steps four and five and, um, you know, we learn more about ourselves and that helps us become better people. Um, another concept is that I don't, believe in praying. And so um, the psychologist might say, well, why don't you imagine what a strong, confident person would do in a situation like this? And I really like that as like a reframing of something when I'm trying to figure something out is to imagine how somebody else might handle that. Um, another tool I use is writing. And here I've got a person swimming in their unconsciousness, dealing with like all their sadness at the bottom and writing about it. I really liked doing the collage and writing so much that I did two of them. And here's a person who's like using a pencil on a shovel to like dig through in their journal to like write about things. And I've really found that writing helps me dig deeper and, you know, discover things that I didn't even know were going on for me. So I feel like that tool is really important. I don't do it on a daily basis, but I am in two writing meetings. And so at least I do it at least twice a week. And um, if I really do have a stumbling block, instead of getting into the refrigerator, I often will get into my journal. So I really do try and do that. Um, this one is about my action plan. I did this in December, thinking about things I wanted to get done. And at this point in my program, I'm not so worried about the food the way I used to be, but there are other things that I keep putting off. 
And one of the things that's happened since the pandemic and the isolation is that a lot of my friendships have kind of changed. And so I've got a bunch of little people down here at the bottom. Um, I really want to re-engage with people I've lost track with and, you know, make some new friends. The person in the middle represents me and I'm facing this like mountain and this river that I have to cross to like figure out how to deal with some other problems. And one of the issues I've had is that I live in a hundred year old house and my bathroom is falling apart and I've been really procrastinating, like hiring someone to come fix it. I finally did that. Um, and it, making this action plan like really helped. Um, another thing, there's some bones up in the corner and a brain. I have some health issues that are not super pressing, but I've just been off and I finally made those uh, health of, those appointments. Um, and I'm still, you know, dealing with like making sure I'm eating healthy food and trying to keep the, the sugar in the background away. Um, let's see. And this one is for food plan. I have my red, yellow, and green light foods on here. Um, with my yellow foods, I measure those um, just because it's hard to keep honest on how many nuts a person should really have or how many nuts I should really have. And I try and eat just three modest plates of food today. I give myself the option of having two snacks. It's usually just one and that's usually a latte, but it's been really good to have in my mind, you know, the kinds of things I can eat and the things that I should not eat. And this one is anonymity. I'm still like trying to figure out how to use this as a tool, but um, this one represents there are no stars or VIPs. And this is an anonymous person who's got a face made out of plates and skin out of plates instead of being able to see who it is. And um, I do feel like part of anonymity is that because we have no stars or VIPs that, you know, everyone's opinion is um, taken into consideration and all of our opinions matter and all, all of us, you know, do things a little bit differently. And maybe we have a different food plan or maybe we use different steps or maybe, um, you know, we have different food groups that are in our red light foods than other people do. So it's kind of up to everybody. And uh, that's the end of the pictures. I'm my sponsee and I are still working on the tools. The last one is service. And I do a lot of service. Um, I have stuff that's outside of OA that I do. I'm retired now. And so I have time for this. But I'm also really working on helping with another group of people to grow the secular community within OA. Because I had a really hard time when I came in here as an atheist. And I feel like having um, the pandemic and Zoom meetings has really like made our particular, my particular demographic find each other. And um, it's been really encouraging and really helpful for my program. Um, another thing I think about OA is that everybody always, it seems like 12 step programs always like to have 12 of everything. So I'm like, why do we only have nine tools? So I actually have a few other tools that are my bonus tools. Um, one of them is exercise and I'm not like a fanatic. I go on maybe a 30 minute walk a day with my dog, but I've made a commitment to try and doing something daily and getting out. And it really makes a difference in how I feel. Um, otherwise I'm just gonna stay isolated in my house. And especially during the pandemic, it was really important because I wasn't seeing people in person. So exercise is one of my added tools. That's and- Jenny. Five more minutes, thanks. 
And then another tool that I have is nature bathing. And I go to the beach every Thursday morning with my dog. And I just love having this tradition, like something that I do on a regular basis and just being able to, you know, be there. I'm not a big meditator, but I find that I'm actually meditating and I didn't even know it because I'll be sitting there looking at the waves and I'll be like, whoa, 10 minutes just passed. I don't even know what happened, you know? So I always come back feeling just really refreshed and um, really good after going to the beach. So that's my my extra tool. So I I think I'm actually done. Um, I know, I think we still did the thing where we talk about topics for people to talk about. Okay, I see a yes. So I was going to say for today when we talk that maybe people could talk about their favorite tool, but maybe talk about their favorite unofficial tool. Like what are something other tools that you use that maybe not be on the list, but are still really good tools for you. So thank you guys for having me today and I'm done. <laughs>